0: Welcome back. We're on episode 57 of Spinal Tap Minute, the podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and, hmm, I wonder if this Stonehenge will end up being the wrong size movie. (laughs) This is Spinal Tap, one magnificent minute at a time. I am still Heidi Bennett, and my website is still, as of this recording, (laughs) HeidiBennett.com.
1: And I am still Sean German, and I am still of 5MinuteSofMime.com, and our very special guest is still Rob Kelly from <laughs> Superman Movie Minute.
2: <laughs> so many people have referred to me that way, still Rob Kelly. <laughs> <Just, laughs> still Rob Kelly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for coming back, Rob.
2: Thank you for having me. This is uh, I, I'm, I love this show, and so I'm very honored to be here.
1: All right. Yeah. Well. So we've asked you here to talk about what is now minute fifty-seven, and minute fifty-seven starts with we've got David singing Stonehenge. We end with we're we're back to Nigel in a spoken word section, and in between the uh, all the members of the band get close-ups, and the song continues with its um, historically inaccurate lyrics. <laughs> So this is a very fashionable minute. We we talked about it a little bit uh, for minute fifty six, but I think this minute gives us uh, some of our best shots of uh, Nigel's eyeshadow. We get a good look at David with the schmata that he's got tied around his head. <laughs> we see we see Mick in his man in the iron mask outfit, and uh, we get. I think we may have to wait till next minute for uh, for Derek's uh, caveman skin. But uh, it's a very fashionable minute, along with just this great rock and roll tune, Stonehenge.
0: Yeah, and... So where my, to start? Yeah, well, and it was interesting, too, because, like Rob mentioned in last minute, this... Uh, how did you refer... Oh, the man in the iron mask look that Mick yeah. has. <laughs> and it also kind of looks like um, a SWAT... SWAT team face mask which I never would have imagined but my husband was like that looks like a SWAT team face mask I'm like okay and I googled it and yeah very similar it's like I'll definitely share that image it's pretty funky but
1: yeah Yeah. it's like this protective mask and his top is very interesting he's he's wearing a um it's just kind of a black t-shirt not I don't know. Just uh, there's probably a, a name for that kind of sleeve. It's an ang- short angled sleeve and a, a cap bit of a sleeve. V. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yes, but cap then sleeve. there's
1: I don't know. Is it like rhinestones? There's something shiny around the collar and around the sleeves.
0: It, I think that perhaps Mick not only loves to take long bubble baths, but he perhaps brought his bedazzler and he can bedazzle
1: his shirts because <laughs> <laughs> that's what this looks yeah. like. So he's he's bedazzled the bedazzled man in the iron mask.
2: Yes, <laughs> sex, drugs, and bedazzling. I don't really need the rock and roll.
1: Yeah, I could I could do without the rock and roll. Fair
2: enough. Yeah,
1: and so and we don't we we usually don't get too deep into uh, dissecting the lyrics, but this song is um is awful. <laughs> the music is very catchy you can dance to it you can tap your toe you can snap your fingers but again I think I mentioned it last week uh, last minute Uh, Pan the pipes of Pan you know children's children dance to the pipes of Pan it's a lovely lyric it flows off the tongue it evokes images nothing to do with Stonehenge nothing to do with Druids nothing to do with you know (laughs) the British Isles don't know where that's coming from and then there's the line. This this one in particular sticked out, and, and we were talking about it earlier, Heidi, where the dewdrops cry and the cats meow. <laughs> and I think what I, this is a line that just screams, "Okay, we needed something that rhymed with how, and we had a certain number of number of syllables we need to fill out." Where, like the rest of the song. You could be like, "Well, you know, the this is you know these are rock and rollers. They're musicians. They're not historians." Um, you can maybe forgive some of the other inaccuracies, but what a cats have to do with anything else that's going on in this song and and dewdrops cry. I don't know. What,
2: what was it about this time period that fascinated rock band so much? Like, it, is it just because it was you could get guys with axes and you could you could get like really great album cover paintings. Like, I don't know why this period right. in history, yeah. they were so, it wasn't like there was like all these rock bands singing about world war two, you know, it was just <laughs> like, for some reason. And I, it makes me think like, when I see how like fascinated spinal tap is like the, how much would Nigel and David love game of Thrones? Like they would oh, just, yes. that, they would be at the back of the tour bus instead of playing the video games they would just be watching Game of Thrones. Uh, the, the, to me, that's like their, that would be their jam because it's like swords and all this magical stuff and they would be so, so into it.
0: Yeah, that's a, I love that. And and I think too, like with Game of Thrones, it's got like a historical feel, but it's also magical, mystical mishmash. So yeah. that's yeah. very Stone y <laughs> Like if there were dewdrops crying in it, you know? <laughs> They'd make it more believable than just a rhyme.
2: And I like how David looks like he's like from cheap trick or he's kind of, and he's got like pirate boots. Like his outfit doesn't <laughs> match the other guys. The, the closest you get is uh Nigel's guitar strap is a checkerboard. Right. And, then, and, and Viv has a checkerboard pattern on his vest, mm-hmm. which is yeah. like the closest you get to anybody sort of matching up their look for this. song. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah it is crazy yeah and then like like um you mentioned sean this time we get a lot more of everybody's look so we get to see Derek's rabbit skin
2: <laughs> whatever that <laughs> is closed mouth howl is great It's so it. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah that's really great it, it's oh god they I, I, I guess could- yeah, they would enjoy doing the song like they all look like they're getting to do it like you meant, Rob.
2: Oh, yeah. This is the this is the free bird of Spinal Tap. There's no doubt about it. Um, I know, <laughs> You mind if I say something about about R- Rob Reiner at this moment?
0: Go for it. Please do. Yes.
2: I, w- one of the things that, that I think about when I watch this moment is like I've heard things about the idea that you can't parody something effectively unless you actually really love it. Mm-hmm. because you don't understand what makes it good. And so therefore you don't have the understanding to know what makes it, you know, maybe kind of bad or or, or at, at the very really least subjective humor. And, right. you know, like I, if I wanted to make fun of Bob Dylan, I think I could do it very effectively because I love Bob Dylan so much. Mm-hmm. And, but it, like people who hate him, they just go like that's the sum total of their critique, right, and it's right. like, well, that's awfully surface. So it's like when I watch these two minutes that 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 the Stonehenge sequence, if you didn't know what this movie was, you would completely think it's a rock documentary. You would have no idea it's meant to be funny, and that's because Rob Reiner was such a brilliant filmmaker at able at being able to replicate filmmaking styles that were not his own. And I think that continued through the eighties. I mean, to me, he has one of the great filmographies of the eighties to go from spinal tap and the sure thing to the princess bride, a few good men. I mean, like he had this amazing run of films where no one film was like any of the others.
1: Yeah. And,
2: absolutely. And, and the princess bride works as a comedy. It works as a fantasy film. Spinal tap works as a comedy and works as a documentary. I mean, I, I like. I feel like he doesn't get enough credit. Maybe it's because like his later career didn't achieve the same heights. But I mean, this is this is brilliant at how well this is directed. And this said, uh, this Stonehead scene completely works as a rock song. It, 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 the lyrics are no dumber than any Kiss song. That's oh, out there. No, so no, you know, absolutely. so you know, I'd rather hear Stonehenge than lick it up or something like that. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's completely plausible, and it's like all credit to Rob Reiner, especially. I mean, the, all the guys, obviously, but Rob Reiner for just being able to nail this look so completely.
0: Yeah, now I'm glad you spotlight on Rob Reiner because a lot of times it's easy to lump this in with the Christopher Guest movies that came after this and and I like those movies but I this is a different as much as there are similarities this is a different movie than the Christopher Guest ensemble movies I think because of Rob Reiner's secret sauce
2: yeah I mean and I don't I don't again we don't want to get I don't want to get too far afield off the show because I want to get invited back so I don't want to say anything bad but it's like I I find that like the Christopher Guest movies to me were like they walk a razor's edge and sometimes I think they don't work and I think mm-hmm. they're very mean-spirited. I think mm-hmm. there's a couple of them that to me are really kind of nasty mm-hmm. and he's sort of like really pissing on some people that I don't think necessarily deserve to be pissed on and I wonder if It's by having Rob Reiner, like Rob Reiner, I think what we kind of know of Rob Reiner, I mean, none of us can know him, really, because none of us have met him until you go until eventually he does your show, which I'm sure that's coming. (laughs) But it's like you get the sense from Rob Reiner that he's a nice guy, you know, that he is a nice, mellow guy. He's the son of Carl Reiner. I mean, just he seems like a really nice guy. And I wonder if. Having him there is, you know, he's kind of the lukewarm water to Christopher Christopher Guest, you know, where he just sands Christopher edges Christopher Guest's edges down a little bit, because it's like without Rob Reiner, Christopher Guest to me can get a little mean.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're you're not the first uh, person who's who's kind of made that observation that some of those Christopher Guest uh, movies. You kind of miss the mark, and I—I I never thought of it quite in those terms. But certainly, there's a couple of those I love, and then there's a couple that uh, I—I—I've I, seen once, and I have no interest in seeing again. And—and and it makes a lot of sense. I think it kind of goes along with um, kind of that idea of the friar's roast that we mm. we roast the ones we love, and yeah, if you really love something, then you can. You, you then you know it, you're close enough, you know it well enough to know where the funny is without being mean. Yeah, right.
2: yeah, yeah. I, I am completely aware of how some people see Bob Dylan when I see Bob Dylan. And I, I've, I've been in rooms with people where I am elated at what I'm hearing slash seeing. And I look at other people and they have a look of horror on their face because they just can't understand what they're what I'm hearing. And I hear it, but I also get it. So yeah, I, it's clearly Michael McKeon and Harry Shearer and Christopher Guest, they love this type of music and they're able to see the ridiculousness of it at the same time. And I think that's why it has that, it just has that slight warmth. And Michael McKeon too, not to not to discredit him. I think Michael McKeon's persona is one of kind of an, a, a warmth and mm-hmm. I, I just wonder, and we also know, ver- conversely, Harry Shearer can be very cutting, mm-hmm. and so it's like I almost wonder if, if it's like you got on the one side, Reiner and McKeon balancing out guest and Shearer, and that's what makes this, you know, it, that makes it, it's like a Lennon and McCartney song. That's what makes it so perfect that you have that right. yin and yang kind of thing. But it's like to me, this this movie is is uh, unsparing in its criticism of rock excess, but yet it loves these guys anyway.
0: Totally agree with every single thing you said. <laughs> and I'm not a big Bob Dylan <laughs> fan, but I get why people are.
2: <laughs> I get it. Yeah,
0: no, I I agree. I mean, I the Christopher Guest movies, they're um, like I think a mighty win to me. There's some real sweetness, especially in the um, the two characters that come back to sing a duet after all this time oh sure yeah.
2: with geniuses Gene levy and Catherine O'Hara.
0: yeah and, and i mean i think that best in show has a little bit of some of that too like with M- michael mckean's character and his his partner and and so there's there are these there is warmth around and through some of those other movies but not to the uh, not to to the consistency of of this movie, so I totally agree with you.
2: Yeah, these guys are lovable idiots. They, yeah. They're not. They're, they're not. They're not meaning to do anything bad. Like when, like the whole smell the glove thing. Like they don't even get why it's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's like that's that's kind of cute because it's like they're not they're not trying to be offensive. They're not even trying to. Like being sensitive, they literally don't understand because they're such dinosaurs, and that's like really, <laughs>
0: in a yeah. Way. And and Bobby Fleckman understands, you know, you you don't talk so much, you know, like she, understands <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she, did she literally
2: put her hand up to his lip,
0: yeah. I think, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, Bobby Fleckman, my spirit animal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of, uh Speaking of documentaries, and then those Christopher Guest uh, mockumentaries. Uh, so one thing we've been asking our guests, and kind of handing out for our audience, is uh, recommendations on other documentaries or rockumentaries, if you will. So Rob, any uh, any rockumentaries or, or musical movies you'd you'd want to recommend to our audience?
2: Well, rockumentary, I God, I'm now that I'm I've been managed to work in Bob Dylan in both these shows. I'm going to feel <laughs> kind of bad about mentioning this because it's like, good lord, get another get another music that you do enjoy. But, um, and I know the last waltz has already been mentioned on the show, which is of course terrific, but, um, Mm -hmm. the, the Martin Scorsese, the other Bob Dylan, Martin Scorsese documentary, no direction home.
1: Mm -hmm. which is like
2: four hours long, but uh, you know, like it is, I love it. I think it's brilliant because it it really gives you a context for Dylan's rise in the 60s. And it interviews a lot of people that were around him. And, and then it also features lengthy interviews with the man himself. And um, the best, the best, um, uh, not, not critique, the best comment I saw about this movie was from Al Cooper, you know the famous mm-hmm. keyboardist who played on like a Rolling Stone and all these things, and he was asked about the movie, and he he said his favorite part was that it was he's like it's something it features something you never get to see extended periods of Bob talking normal, mm. and that's <laughs> yeah. exactly what it is. I'm not you don't get you don't see Bob Dylan just sitting in a room talking normal. You know, and like, I love that. It's like a nice big close up with him and he tells jokes and he tells the other great stories. And it, I find it absolutely enthralling. And it like, I'm not even like a sixties guy necessarily. Like I find other periods of the man's career to be just as interesting. So I'm not like, oh, it's all sixties and everything else after that is kind of, eh. but right. it's, to me, it's, it's just great seeing the man's reflections on things. And of course, he puts a lot of himself in it. It's, it's, um, he doesn't, you know. You can tell it's a Martin Scorsese documentary. So I think even if you're not a huge Dylan fan, I, I'd still say it's worthwhile because it just gives you such a wonderful snapshot of of, of a time in American history and in American pop culture.
0: Great, and he so it sounds like we get uh, Martin Marty's it up a bit. He, he he inserts himself.
2: He does Marty
0: DiBergi style. <laughs>
2: he does. He, there's even a sequence where Martin Scorsese literally plays Bob Dylan in a voiceover. And, oh, cool! And, and it's Scorsese's voice. He doesn't. He doesn't right. announce that it's him, but I know what Scorsese's voice sounds like, and I'm like, "That's more Scorsese doing Bob Dylan's voice." I thought that was really funny.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Cool. Well, thanks for the recommendation.
2: I, thank you. I said. I, I said. I, I don't. I. I feel bad that I'm like just going on and on about Bob Dylan during spinal tap minute, <laughs> I
0: but know I, you know, I can't
2: it. help it. It's when it's. You know. I mean, I have my whole other Dylan podcast, but I'm. I'm just. I, I'm a gusher when I when I start talking about Bob. Yeah. Cool.
0: Well, what do we have to s- left to say about this particular minute, guys? I, I mean, love the when- song
2: changes. I love uh-huh. it. It's like, it's like a McCartney song where it just like changes. It becomes, it's like mm-hmm. two, three different songs. All in the space of like a couple of minutes, like I just love that kind of like faux sophistication where it's like, oh, let's just change this up. Like, you know, we've got the spoken word stuff and then Stonehenge, and then it cuts back to hello, my love. Like, yeah. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's like you can't get a handle on what this song is.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's like a symphony with different movements, yeah.
2: <laughs> right? Um, yeah,
1: it makes me think of uh, of Terrapin Station, uh, from the Grateful Dead, which I, I don't think I don't know if they they do all the different parts uh, in performance but at least on the on the album it's broken up there's like five or six different movements of of that song and sections um, it kind of reminds me of, of Stonehenge
0: yeah and it reminds me of just being in bands where we're talking about, you know the dynamics and how important dynamics are, and that it it does add a lot of excitement if you can do it in in a, a nice way like these guys do, or you take it down and then you bring it back up, you know, and then take it <laughs> down and then bring it back up, um, you know, kind of like a uh, shout. You know, that's one of my that's one of my <laughs> favorite songs, and uh, it's got a lot of energy, and then they you know bring it down and then they bring it back up, so.
2: Yeah. I'd love to figure out lyrically, like, how do you even get to the part where he's singing, like, to you, my love, in the middle of all the stuff about the pipes of Pan? and all, Like, uh-huh. where does that even come in? Like, all of a sudden, it's a love song in the middle of this whole thing about Stonehenge.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned uh, last minute, Rob, too, that we actually, this is one of those situations where the minutes... And just before, oh, you guys <laughs> really—you
2: guys are, its like this is like you guys invited me to like you know Murder on the Orient Express minute, and then I get the minute just before they name the murderer. Like like <laughs> And the murderer is well—that's the end of that's row uh, fifty-nine. So come back next week with a whole different guest. So like, oh man, I'm never gonna learn who the murderer is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, you just never know when these minutes are going to pan out. Like, we don't plan. We don't, you know, connect any particular guest to any particular minute. Um, So it just, like, how are the chips going to fall? So we appreciate it.
1: (laughs) And it's just... I don't know, it, like pure chance of how the minutes cut up. I just found a program that could cut up a movie file into one minute segments. So you know, we there was no deliberation or, or nothing <laughs> purposeful in terms of where one minute ends and the next begins. So uh, yeah, so there's a bit of a a cliffhanger. The end. So the the lyrics or the little spoken word part, Nigel saying, "Oh, how they danced." Someone. So someone's dancing. And you know, you'll never know who, Rob, because oh, you'll you'll man. be done by next minute. <laughs> if
2: if only this movie was available in some sort of video format.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, anything else about Spinal Tap? This is Spinal Tap. This particular minute um druids <laughs> that anybody
1: wants
2: to yeah. mention before we Well hear and, and
1: if you want to say right, anything about Rob, if you want to say anything about the upcoming minutes, we won't stop you. You know, this well, is your I,
2: time. Well, I, I do know that, like, th- like in the context of the reality of the movie, right now, um, like, the Angelica Houston's character is so proud of her work. Like, <laughs> oh, She yes. just thinks like, she did a great job, She, you know, because she has no conception. And I also, I don't know, I don't want to jump to, I don't want to bigfoot whoever gets that great minute, but I do wonder, like, like, during the process where she made that, did anybody question why she was making a tiny little Stonehenge money? Like, <laughs> ever come up all the different people, but uh, you don't know. No. And this this movie, the only last thing I I will say about this movie, since I, you know this is my these are my last moments on Spinal Tap minute, is like I think that this movie, like we all know, like the cut, like, the original cut is like what four hours, like the the work cut,
1: four and a half hours, yeah, four and a
2: half hours, like. You think about – I have seen – I'm sure you guys have movies that are like 90 minutes or 95 minutes that feel like around the 80-minute mark they're running out of gas. Mm -hmm. Like they've used up every idea and now they're just dragging the thing to official movie running time. This movie is just, to me, bursting at the seams with ideas. And every time I listen to it, uh, I tend to listen to it uh, like at work, just the audio file. Mm -hmm. I am always upset that it's over already. Like it yeah. just wraps up so fast. I'm like, oh god, I could just listen to another hour and a half of this. And that's just it, it the, the fact that they had four hours of material to cull from, that gives you that's why the movie is 90 minutes of like pure gold.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Agreed. Agreed.
1: It's it's all <laughs> it's all yeah, it's all good stuff. And the stuff in uh, for the most part, the all the extra stuff in that work print and all the deleted scenes. It's not an issue of, oh, this doesn't work or it's not funny. It's just kind of an editorial decision of it's hard enough to get people to go out to the theaters to watch a movie without making it four hours long. And they, they had to cut something. But right. it's, yeah, it, it, for the most part, it's it's as good as the stuff they left in. It's just a lot of it. The, the main thing to my eye or in my mind is it's a lot of stuff that's not necessarily central to – the story, the evolution of this relationship between David and Nigel and the band and Ian and Janine, and, and that's kind of the central story. But it's still it's still interesting just to see what's going on in the life of these characters, and it's it's certainly all still funny.
2: Oh, and the, and the ringers they have for these tiny roles, you know, it's Angelica Houston, Bruno Kirby. Fran Drescher, Billy Crystal. I mean, people with one lines that 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 are stars of other movies. It's right. Just, the, I mean, the 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 talent in this movie is unbelievable. Yeah. 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 Dana, Dana
1: Carvey had no lines at all.
2: Um, Mime is money. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: as you, as I'm sure you know, Sean. One of yes, yes, one of
1: my favorite moments in the movie.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Seems so long ago, Sean, when we were learning about mime while watching those minutes <laughs> so way back and the just the beginnings of yeah, out, we, were, we
1: were so innocent and, and hopeful uh <laughs> well kind of like the band at this moment and uh it was funny so rob you mentioned you know what what that that set designer, what uh angelica houston's character is feeling right now you know imagine what the band is thinking right now like they in their mind, they know, Nigel and David and Derek, they know they're about to blow this <laughs> crowd's mind. You know, they're Bob Dylan and they know Bruce Springsteen and Neil Young are waiting just off stage, about to walk out, that the crowd is going to see this monument. They are going to just – heads are going to explode about, what, five, ten seconds into the next minute? They must be so excited; they can barely contain themselves. Rock and roll. Rock and roll.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that gives gives uh, me a new way of looking at all their glances at each other. These like knowing glances. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're really excited about what they're going to <laughs> unveil. <laughs>
2: They can't can't give Mick any glances because they can't see him through his (laughs) (laughs) hand. And he can't see anything. He's doing everything
0: by feel. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I think we'll wrap this up. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 57 of Spinal Tap Minute. Um, As usual, you can find us at SpinalTapMinute.com and I want to thank everybody as of today. We have 10 five-star reviews on iTunes or what do they call it? Apple, Apple Podcasts. Apple podcasts. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'd like to take a minute in, in a future episode when I have it in front of me and read some of them. Cause there's some, some good little like reviews and quotes and things from the movies and stuff that are pretty funny. So we'll share those in the future.
1: Mm-hmm. And so uh, Rob, if people want to hear more about you and, and your love for all things, Dylan, Where could they do that?
2: Well, I I do host a podcast about Bob Dylan where we just analyze one song at a time. It's called Pod Dylan, and it's part of the Fire & Water Podcast Network, which is mostly kind of devoted to comic books and and related uh, geekery. But we have a movie show and we have a gaming show. So it's it's a lot of other stuff. And you can find all of that on fireandwaterpodcast.com.
1: Wow. So a podcast where you cover a musician one song at a time. Well, Wonders Never Cease. That's an I only, That's <laughs> just,
2: we're, we're, we're 40 episodes in, and I only have 10,000 more songs <laughs> to
0: go. Oh, my God.
1: Well, that certainly sounds exciting, and, and he's really one of the, um, I mean, not just a musician, but a, a songwriter, a lyricist, a Nobel Prize winner. Um, yeah, you know, a, 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 sp- a special person in sort of the history of human culture. So uh, you're doing good work there. Making sure he gets his his proper due. (laughs) Yes, because he didn't get it until I
2: gave him the podcast. (laughs) I'm sure he listened. Uh,
0: (laughs) And I, yeah, I've been listening to your film and water podcast um, and it's really great and I've I've listened to a few episodes and I've been really enjoying those. So yeah. thank you. Thanks,
2: yeah. Thanks for all the awesome content out there. Thank you. Yeah. Once we got started on podcasts, we just can't stop now. It's ridiculous. And just uh, and every time I have a new idea, I'm like, Oh, let's do a podcast about
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. All right. Well, thank you, Rob, for joining us. Thank you to all the kind listeners in podcast land. Please come back and join us again for the next minute of This Is Spinal Tap. But until next time, and so say all of us, tap tap into into America. America.